Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. 108 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. A reminder that you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. Momentarily, we'll go to the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Mark Spector has started a controversial topic. Uh, Can you miss a game for a cat dying this after Ethan Bear uh, missed a game due to his dog passing away. We will mention um, actually, you know what, uh, Well, I, I gotta read the text because there's a couple really good ones on this topic. So, we, well, where'd it go here? Uh, momentarily, we'll be hooking up with uh, Jody Shelley as well, the uh, longtime uh, television uh, analyst for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Anita texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob, tell Mark uh, uh, that he is totally false. When you you love a cat it hurts just as much as uh, uh when you love a dog and we uh, probably really know deep down inside bob you love kitties too it's okay to advertise it just ask jack campbell uh i bet he'd take the uh, day off if his cat passed away that one comes to us from anita again you can text us on the ashley fine floors tax uh, text line uh Bob, if it's between cats and dogs, just remember, a dog will wake up if there's a fire in the house and wake you up. A cat will be looking for a way out. Uh... Another uh, texter says, Bob, I lost my dog after 17 years a while back, and it was more than a third of my life. I get it, the pain. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's a, you know, I, we, we, I don't ever recall hearing about a player missing a game due to an animal, a pet passing away, but uh, uh, Speck wrote a piece on it. Some of you had some fun with it as well. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Our Oilers Now headliner today is brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. It's the best you've ever taste and search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the uh, show Jody Shelley, who is the longtime television analyst, former NHL uh, energy forward for the Columbus Blue Jackets, amongst other teams back in the day. Jody, how you doing? Bob, I'm doing great. And, you know, I've never been called an energy forward, but I like that term. Well, Especially here I, in Alberta. I, I could have I called you enforcer, <laughs> but I thought the politer. These days, we're all sensitive to everything. I mean, oh, we got, my goodness. We got players missing games because their dog died. So so let me ask, let, let me ask you this. Are there any uh, pets at the uh, Shelley uh, household? Oh, yeah. We got a nice uh, dog, Millie, and a nice orange cat named Pumpkin. And, uh, you know, they're eventually going to be leaving us at some point. And when that day happens, we're already bracing for it because my daughter is a pet lover. Yeah. we So we we currently have three cats and one dog. Uh, We have a golden retriever, Anakin, and then we have three cats. 
Uh, the first thing my wife and me got when we hooked up, uh, we ended up getting a Siamese cat. He lived for about 15 years. And just before our road trip to St. Louis, we had to put him down. And I will tell you, it was not easy because it made me, you know, it makes you think about, you know, having that animal. And so it was, and it, it's a different, I mean, could you have imagined 20 years ago, would that have happened? Would a guy have missed a game if his dog had passed away 20 years ago? What do you think? How would that have been received? The answer is no. And, you know, I mean, we were all so insensitive back then, Bob. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it is a tough thing, right? Like, Because we put a dog down to Chocolate Lab, Allie Shelley. And, um, you know, I didn't think, you know, at the time, on the outside of it, you think, ah, you know, it's not a big deal. But it was, it was hard. I couldn't even be in the room when oh, they no, did I that. But. You know, I can't see myself missing a game for it, but who am I to judge someone else, Bob? A hundred percent. And that's an, on every issue, right? Like, people, that, that's right. the thing. Like, you know what? Uh, yesterday, Frank Saravalli came on our show and talked about the perfect guy for the Edmonton Oilers, and in his opinion, was Ivan Provorov. And I went silent. And I went silent because of the $6.75 million cap hit. We had some people, oh, I can't trade for Provorov. I mean... Hey, we yeah. all we all support these various initiatives and organizations get behind them, and I think that's terrific. And at the end of the day, a player still is allowed to make his or her choice on certain issues. You have to live with the consequences of those choices. But we, uh, last time I checked, uh, you know, people fought for uh, others to have the right to make choices in society. So there you go. All right, enough mm -hmm. enough pontificating. Let's uh, let's get to it. Tell me about the Columbus Blue Jackets this season, Jody. Well, it's been a struggle. You know, this is a team that got Johnny Goodrow, and July was probably the most exciting July we've seen in Columbus as far as a free agent acquisition. Well, the biggest one they've ever had. So, you know, the fan base got excited, anticipated a bump in the season. The power play was going to be better. Uh, you know, season tickets, uh, had, they had a surge of new season tickets and old uh, fans coming back. Uh, it was really a season of anticipation, but when you really look at it, this is a team that's still retooling, so there was no, there was no pulling back on that. It, you know, it kind of came in waiting to see what was going to happen, and the line he gets hurt in the first game, and all the training camp it was Goodrow and Liney together working on the power play, working things out. And when you step back and take a look at it, when you have your number one defenseman Wierenski out, it's been a season of disappointment, uh, far more disappointing than they would have thought. But not, I don't, I don't know if they're. You know, they might have been pushing to be a playoff team at some point or made it interesting at some point, but Goldfinger has underachieved. There's been injuries in and out, Corpusalo and Elvis Merzlikens. Uh, you know, staying healthy with Line, he's been out a couple times. Johnny Goodrow is now trying to do too much at points. He seems to be finding his game now, but it's been frustrating for him, and he's still, he still has advertised. And you've got so many young players in, in the game. You'll see tonight Tim Burney has played under 30 games. He's from Switzerland. He's learning the game. I love the way he plays. Uh, Marchenko's a sniper, but these guys, and I know you talk about the lineup and the depth and where players are supposed to play. I know you do that a lot, and it's a, it's a key reason. And when you look at the Blue Jackets, too many young players like Kent Johnson being forced in too big a situations when they're not really ready for it. So that's kind of the surmise of, of why they're the last place team in the league. Well, you know, it's interesting because I look at them and I think they got decent defense prospects. Like, you know, Rorensky's going to come back. He's on a, you know, six-year deal at nine and a half. He's all days a first-pairing left-shot defenseman. So you're going to get him back. You got Yerushchek, who uh, played with the uh, Czechia in uh, the World Juniors. He's a right-shot, six-overall pick. Matejcik, you know, is a real good offensive defenseman. 
a good prospect, another first rounder for you in 2022. Even Carson Kuhlmans, who's currently playing at uh, Wisco. So you got some good D prospects coming. And I, I just wonder about the secondary offense uh, with, with some of the forwards. Uh, Sillinger has had a big regression this year statistically. I think you guys are probably hoping for a little bit more out of him, eh? Yeah, he's been interesting, right? And he, everyone, he was the, the bright spot last year as an 18-year-old. And, you know, the first drill in camp, I think it was, he took a concussion. He got a high hit. And, you know, that's after, you know, I remember as a player, you know, you train all summer, you, you hit the peak camp and, and and really show how well you, you've done in the weight room and then get on the ice and, and you know, explode back into the, to, on the scene. And he had a setback there. And then, you know, he hasn't had consistent wingers he hasn't had just due to injury consistent line mates he's been guys with guys who are struggling defensively Bemstrom who's out of the lineup tonight has played with Cole a lot so you know there's certain dynamics there that Brad Larson has been dealt that he's waiting for Cole to earn some better spots and last year last night he or sorry last game against the Flames he was playing some some minutes with some top players so I think that there's a little bit there uh, and as a player too when you look at last season and then you get in a hole and you're trying to catch up and you're trying to do too much, I mean, he's a guy that would try to make a play that wasn't there or move his feet a little too much and just be away from the puck. It just seemed like he was working his way out of position a little bit. I see him settling down now. He was a healthy scratch for two games just 10 days ago. I think that was a good reset for Cole. So he's being more physical. Uh, he knows he's a better player than what he is and he'll get results. But he seems to be around the puck more now. And I think that that'll help him. All right. Well, for the Oilers, the two-point Oilers fans, the $2.8 million question has to do with Gavrikov on the back end. Uh, it's been reported that uh, teams have been given permission to talk. You know, we're talking about a potential extension. The Blue Jackets got a first and a third for David Savard. You have to think that Yarmo Kekalainen would be looking for the same sort of return. So tell us about Gavrikov as a defenseman. What is he? Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely that's what he should get. He's... I love this guy. Whoever gets him is going to be pleasantly surprised at how he plays because he's not a guy that if you're watching the Blue Jackets, you're going to sit back and say, wow, he had a heck of a game. And that's a compliment to him because he's hard to play against. Uh, he understands his role to a T. Uh, he's got a little more offensive uh, thought in his game, if you will. Like he puts himself in some pretty good situations. He never tries to do too much. Uh, he's a steady player and an even better person. And I, I, I mean that if you're going to the game tonight, watch him in warm-up. He's enjoying the music. He's interacting with his players. He's interacting with the fans. Uh, he's always got a great one-line. You know, he's always got a smile. Doesn't take it too serious until it's his time to take a shift. And in a locker room, that's kind of refreshing. So, you know, he, had, he was at his best with David Savard, too. That's a heavy middle pair, especially in the playoffs when the Blue Jackets went against Tampa. That was a key. And then it was uh, Ian Cole was here. Uh, he was paired with him. And, that, again, two big guys, pretty steady. He can play with offensive guys. But the, his key factor is he's no nonsense, and he would eat a puck. I mean, he, he blocks shots. He's got a good stick. Um, I sound like his number one fan, right, in his fan club, but it's not. I'm just telling you what he is. He's really that kind of uh, uh, a pro, and, and he, he'll be a great asset. I, I would hate to see him go, but – because uh, it'll be hard to replace as a left-handed shot. We have a lot of right-handed shot defensemen in this organization, uh, but it sounds like he's going to be moving. Um, he's playing 22 minutes. No problem for him to play 18 to 20. No problem on a, on no a good problem. on a good team. No problem. Yeah, no problem. Okay. No, it'd be even better. 
Always liked Boone Jenner. Uh, the Oilers <laughs> had people in the draft room that wanted to take Boone Jenner. They ended up taking David Musil, who I think ended up playing four NHL games. Uh, Jenner just signing a four-year extension there. He's one of the vets. You mentioned Line a, a bit. Goodrow, the guy had an unbelievable year last year. I mean, 40 goals, 115 points, second in the league scoring, plus 64. You said he's tried to do too much, you think? Well, yeah, naturally, right? I mean, it's just, it's human nature, I think. You know, you know, there's times where, and think about the opposition now. I mean, the line he was on last year with Lindholm and Kachuk, and then that players will play 20 years in their career and not ever find that kind of chemistry in a line. You know what I mean? There's players yeah. today that have retired that'll say, if I had that centerman, if I had that winger, and that's a fact. So they found magic there last year. They all had exceptional years, but they are all on the same page all the time. And for Johnny, again, much like Cole, He's had different line. I bet she's played with nine different line mates in this organization already to this point. And, you know, the power play has been different. And he's a certain type of player that likes to draw two defenders and then hit the open guy or find the back the guy in the back door or, or you know, create behind the net. You never see him behind the net here with the Blue Jackets. He, he's, he's not able to get back there. So the opposition, they're, they've got him highlighted and focused. Uh, and there's been no one else. Like, like think about it. When you have Wierenski... You have that offensive defenseman. It opens it up for the forwards, right? I mean, that's another threat out there. And when there's no real other threat on that line, he gets smothered and then he tries to do too much. So he's had games where he's been very noticeable, moving his feet, uh, controlling the play. But he's had other games where he's had a tough time and mostly on the road with the matchups. So, you know, he's a a world-class player. He's a superstar in the National Hockey League, but he needs some support this season, and there's times where he's not getting it. Well, uh, Wawrenski, obviously, big year, you know, four-time 40-point scorer. But even Jake Bean, who played uh, for Bob Torrey, finished up, you know, in the Western League with the Tri-City Americans. He's a guy that had seven goals and 25 points last year in Columbus, and he's been out with a shoulder issue. So there's a couple guys there that could transition it. Uh, Circling, just two more guys I want to ask you about. Adam Boquist was selected two picks ahead of uh, Evan Bouchard in the 2010 draft. He had 11 goals and 22 points last year. He's not on pace to match that this year. You know, I, I he, he basically played rover for the London Knights when he was there. He moved around a lot and had a, a you know a free path to go at all. How's his progression come along since coming over in that Seth Jones trade? Yeah, you know, he's a bright spot last year. And, you know, he had a foot injury this year. I think he missed four or five or maybe six weeks, and, and that set him back. He he should be a rover, but his game is just a little light at times. You know, you know, there's times where he'll he'll be all over the ice. And it's he's got a great knack and, and a great read out there with the top players. And, and he was a healthy scratch a couple games after he did come back because there's more to the game as a defenseman than being invisible for – 10 shifts in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't defending strong enough, and then he wasn't being assertive enough in the offensive zone. So he was caught in between. So, yeah, he's a player that's at his best when he – I think he needs a really good, solid um, partner with him. You know what I mean? He's still only 22 years old, but he just – sometimes he kind of fades into the background, and and for for what he can be, I think he's got to be a threat out there on this team, and I think that's what Larson wants. Defend a little stronger – and be a threat more with your ability to skate. We're joined by uh, Jody Shelley, who uh, knew his role in the National Hockey League, and that's where we're going to conclude today. We're going to talk about a guy who, 
And it wasn't a strong technical fight. He stood back and chucked him with Milan Lucic the other night, and that's uh, Matthew Olivier, who came up in the Preds organization. Uh, tell us about this player. You know, I like him. He's a pleasant surprise. He's still ripe in the National Hockey League. You know, he asked, uh, or Lucic asked him the other night. And I saw Matthew yesterday in the lobby of the hotel, and, you know, he had a couple bumps and bruises on his face, and a couple of guys I was standing with were asking him, and I hate when people ask me the next day, how's your face? And they'd be staring at me, and I'm like, get it, beat it, get out of here. How does it look? You know what I mean? I always had a torn-up face. But I, I said to him, I said, I miss that feeling that you have right now. And he, like, <laughs> took a step back, and he was like, you do? Like, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, no. Like, you're in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you – and, and the highlight of the, of the fight was playing behind us in the lobby of the hotel in Calgary. I was like, yeah, like, you're in the middle of it, man. You just came out of a battle. It must feel so good. And he kind of smiled. And he's like, yeah. But, you know, Lucic asked him to fight, and he said, I had to take that opportunity. And I'm like, damn right you did. In Canada, that guy, tough, middle of the saddle dome, all that energy with Johnny Goodrow coming back. So, you know, he's still trying to get a reputation, but – He's strong. He's a good skater. He'll kill penalties tonight. Uh, he can hold on to the puck, and that's something the Blue Jackets don't have in the offensive zone. So I like what he's brought to this team. Yeah. I, I, I guess I thought he might fight a little bit more. Like, Nick Delore is a very good technical fighter, as you know, and I thought that he might go, but he was – was there, you know, were there you, – Jody, you fought basically everybody over a 15-year window. Was there a couple guys that you maybe thought twice about just standing straight back and chucking and, and maybe going a little bit more technical route? Like, were there guys that if you opened up and they opened up, if they landed, they could hurt you? Oh, they were all like that, man. I'm telling you, I wasn't good technically, but what I did was if I knew someone could hurt me, I tried to tie up their weapons. Like, George Rock was a lefty, uh, so and you know that, and they come fast, and he's so big and strong, he could end the fight any bit, but... You know, guys like Chara who don't fight much, but when he did, you know what I mean? I, I tried to stand back with him because I knew he didn't like getting punched. I knew George didn't like get punched either, but I just couldn't. There was only one where I really got him, like I hit him actually. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but with Chara, I tried to stand back because I know he's big and long, whatever, but I felt like if I could slide one in there and catch him good, I'd get him. Never worked out that way, but, you know, I was, uh, I, I was always tougher in my head than I was on the ice, I think. He had a pretty good career, Jody. He did a pretty good job back. Oh, it was awesome, yeah. No, no, I wouldn't change a thing. Hey, thanks for coming on today. Anytime, Bob. There we go. I love being back in Edmonton. Thanks, buddy. You bet that is. Yep, you bet. That is Jody Shelley, a longtime Columbus Blue Jackets player and a television analyst and an ambassador for the Blue Jackets organization as well. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 126 in Edmonton, and this is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Guests and Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for a celebration for the census reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. Multiple locations in the Edmonton region to serve you. As we go to NHL today at 128 in Edmonton for elite promotional marketing, Edmonton owned and operated, your local branded merchandise specialist, head to elitepromomarketing.com. There are a total of five games tonight. The Islanders are in Ottawa. Vancouver takes on Seattle. Canucks winning last night in Rick Tockett's debut. Rangers against Against the uh, Maple Leafs tonight, the Rangers are 15-4-2 in their last 21 games. Carolina at Dallas. Of course, the Edmonton Oilers are hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets. Edmonton Oil Kings return to action on the weekend. Uh, they have... Uh, 
Prince uh, check that. They've got Calgary here Friday at 7 p.m. and Lethbridge here Sunday at 4. Bakersfield tonight hosts San Diego. Actually, they're in San Diego tonight and Friday. And the Alberta Golden Bears host the Regina Cougars this weekend at Claire Drake Arena. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. David Staples coming up from the Cult of Hockey when we return.